So uh, before I get in, I just gotta I gotta break the ice a little bit, right? And um, how many of you guys um, for Christmas you have that one person in your family that every year they get you a gift that is like really like I what am I supposed to do with this? Um, if you don't, hey, um, you consider yourself lucky and blessed. Um, but every year I have this one uncle, and hopefully he never listens to this. Um, if he does, forgive me. Um, but I have this, this uncle that always gets me weird Christmas presents. And, and you get, it's not just me, it's like everybody else in the family too. Um, but this year, I'm unwrapping this gift and you know, some of the times you kind of know what you're getting because you made a list and whatever. Well, with him, I never know what to expect. I don't know if it's really what's in the box or what it says on the outside. And uh, someone wrapping this present and I see this like Nebraska Cornhuskers like engraving on like wood, you know, and I'm like, what? So I like open it up and he's like, hey, I hope you like it, you know, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is this? Well, let me tell you a story. I was in Missouri and there was this guy and he carves all different kinds of things on these old bowling pins. And he makes them into like these cool things. And so like it was a football, like on a, looks like a trophy, but it's made out of wood, out of a bowling pin. And uh, I remember getting in the car and I'm like, Vanessa, what am I going to do with this? She's like, I don't know, it's your gift. And I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be like one of those white elephant gifts one of these years because I have no, Goodwill's not even going to take it. That's how bad it is. Um, so anyways, I want to open up with that because that's my Christmas story. Um, I did have a good Christmas. I hope all you guys did too. Um, we are starting a new series on Christian ethics. And uh, honestly, I wish I would have had something like this series in my life in high school. Um, actually, what I'm going to be sharing a lot with you tonight is what I learned after I graduated um, college. And I went to a nine-month Bible seminary training program. And uh, one of our professors did some of the stuff that we're going to do tonight um, that really challenged me on just my thinking on my belief system. Um, pretty much like, why do I believe what I believe? And so, as we get into Christian ethics, um, first I just kind of want to start off just by kind of defining that so we all kind of get a grasp of what is Christian ethics. Because I'm sure we, we've heard ethics before, right? Um, but to just give you a, a brief definition, it's the expectation of how we're supposed to behave and treat others. That's really like the brief um, definition of Christian ethics. The expectation of how we're supposed to behave and relate with other people. Now, if you're like me, you would ask yourself, okay, that's great, but where do I go to learn about how I'm supposed to behave and treat other people, right? That's, that's a nice definition, but um, maybe some of you guys have heard it said this way. How do you know the difference between right and wrong? How do you know what's good and what is evil, right? If you haven't heard that question, you'll hear that question in college um, a lot. And so I think it's important to be able to kind of discern our decision-making um, in that from a biblical perspective. So in, the, in this series, we're going to talk about, um, here's what you guys have to look forward to coming up. Maybe you'll get excited. Maybe you'll be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, that makes me uncomfortable. But um, we're going to talk about homosexuality and what Scripture says about, about that. Um, we're going to talk about abortion. We're going to talk about suicide. 
Um, and so those are three of kind of the, the topics that we kind of prayed about and felt like led to do um, with you guys. Tonight we're not going to really hit on any one of those three. We're just going to give a brief um, description of Christian ethics, how that relates to you guys. Um, so where did it come from? Any of you guys know where Christian ethics came from? If we're looking at it from a biblical perspective, um, where did it come from? What's one of the first things that maybe comes to mind when you think of maybe commandments, right? So Moses, right. So in, in Exodus 20, that's where we're going to go first. Um, in Exodus 20, and I'm going to probably read through these pretty quick, but um, we've all heard it. You still, you, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven, above earth, or on earth, beneath it, or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You guys want to know how you live long? That'd be good, right? Check out verse 5, or verse 12. Commandment number 5. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord that God is giving you. Right? So honor your father and mother, you're going to live long. I'm just saying, that's what the word says. Um, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, and it goes on and on. Um, so there's where we kind of see, kind of where Christian ethics kind of came about. Um, you could even back up into, as I was reading a little bit this morning about Cain and Abel, right? You read that little story and... And the Lord, you know, addresses Cain and he's like, hey, where, where's your brother? And he's like, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he's like, I can't believe this. Like I can hear his blood crying out from the ground. Um, and so you could you could even go back to that where there's murder that took place and where the Lord wasn't happy with that. Um, and then I want to skip ahead. I'm not going to read all of these things, but in Matthew five through chapters five through seven, when you guys get some time. Read through that. A lot of you guys have heard the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but sometimes I, I think the Sermon on the Mount goes like 10 verses in and then people stop. They don't keep reading. It's actually chapters 5 through 7. Um, and so here's some things that Jesus said. He said, you have heard it said, do not commit murder. This is in verse 521. Um, do not commit murder, but I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Um, in 27 and 28, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to be an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. And then he goes on to say about giving to the needy, worrying, judging others, seeking Christ over the world's temptations. Um, so you see even Jesus kind of hits on a lot of these things um, in Christian ethics. And, and we'll dig a little deeper into that um, a little bit later. But my point is, um, basically, a lot of people will tell you in your, in your life, especially when you go off to college, um, you know, you'll get that question kind of like as I asked this morning of this morning um, earlier. Just about like what is good and what is evil. How do you discern that? Well, first we need to run to this, right? This has our answer. Um, let me go to Romans. This is where I'm probably going to camp out for a little bit. Um, Romans chapter 2. And we're going to go 
verses 12. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required of the law, there's a lot of law in there, they are a law for themselves even though they do not have the law. Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's heart. Secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Um, so really the goal of the Christian. So the goal of all of us is to be conformed to God's character and will. So therefore, Christian ethics revolve around the moral order of God. Does that make sense? Um, let me read that again because I think it's important. I think I put it on your notes. Um, but it says the goal of the Christian is to be conformed to God's character and will. Therefore, Christian ethics revolve around the moral or- order of God. Um, so tonight, you, you might have noticed as we kind of moved in this little section over here, you see like two pieces of tape like lined up right here, right? Um, you're about to experience what changed my life. Um, and hopefully it will change your life. Um, so I'm going to ask all of you guys to stand. Oh, no, they said So, here's what we're going to do. You might notice the A that's over here, right? The A, it's on the, it's on the side over here. Over here, there's a D. Agree or disagree? That's what it stands for. So, here's the deal. All statements being read are based off of your interpretation. So... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit up here and tell you which one is right, which one is wrong. If there is a right answer, if there is a wrong answer, this depends on you. Um, so, if you agree with the statement that I'm about to read, you're gonna move to this side of the room. If you agree, or if you disagree, you're gonna move to this side of the room. There is no middle ground, so nobody can stand where you guys are standing right now. I know. I haven't read it yet. Okay, so. Agree or disagree, if I saw someone being beaten by a group, I would help. That's your statement.
I think that is the question. Because in our hearts, I think all of us would be like, yeah, I want to help. But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I'm seeing four dudes packing a nine and they're beating up a guy, I'm probably running. I'm not going to be going to help no dude if he's got a gun. I'm just saying. That's, but that, we don't know that's the situation. So I'm just saying. get out of serious trouble. I would lie to get out of serious trouble. Agree? Agree? Disagree. What? If you're standing over here, you're a lot. No, I'm just joking. I would, I would lie to get out of serious trouble. Agree? Disagree.
statement. believers, right? 
Um, so, so it didn't really come down to who's right and who's wrong necessarily, did it? Or did it? I'm hearing no, I'm hearing... I didn't hear a yes. No yeses. So, were those questions hard? Uh, I mean, sometimes you're like, can you explain that statement, right? Um, what, what's interesting is, uh, I've got to read this quote um, from a guy. Uh, and he says, we have to biblically see life through the lens of scripture. Despite our passions, emotions, and experiences, as we can understand it. And that which we can't truly comprehend, we have to rely solely on faith. That is a challenge sometimes because even though it doesn't give us a clear answer, that is why Christianity is not a point, but it's a process, always growing, always learning, always seeking to understand. Um, I was glad that Brad mentioned like his New Year's resolutions up here. Because um, one of my New Year's resolutions, um, I have a couple of them, but for, for one of them spiritually for me is to get completely through the Bible in a year. Um, so by the time December 31st hits of this year, I've read through my Bible the entire way. Um, that's just for me personally. One, because I, I feel like I've read a lot of books of the Bible numerous times, but there's some books of the Bible that maybe I've read only once or not at all. And sometimes I'm like, man, I, I'm probably missing something in there. Um, so that's me personally. That's another reason why... I think Christian ethics and why there's so many debates and so many different sides sometimes is because we sometimes I think we know in our heart what the right answer is. Sometimes we may not, but we just go based off of what the other person thinks or what the pastor said or whatever the case is. Let me read you um, a verse here. and It's, it's in Psalm 89, 14. I didn't put this up there. I just wrote it down earlier. It says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. So we understand the type of God we serve. We, we know we serve a righteous God and a just God, right? A loving and a kind God. But ultimately, we serve a God who represents and is the truth. Which is, is found here. Um... You know, as, as I went through this exercise, um, one of, there was 70, about 70 of us in that class. And as the abortion one was read, um, there was me and two other guys that went and stood on the agreed side. And the whole rest of the room was on the disagree side. And I remember sitting there going, am I, did I make the right choice? Like everybody's over there. And it, it necessarily didn't come down to the right choice or the wrong choice. Um, but it was interesting because in our, in our debate, we could only debate based off of experience or scripture. And so if you had an argument, you couldn't say like, well, this book says this or whatever, like, cause that doesn't matter unless it was the Bible. Um, and so you'd find, you know, sides going back and forth. And one side was the, the disagree side was, well, if my wife got raped, I don't know if I could have the baby. And that's why I'm over on the disagree side. And he was like, okay. And the guy that was standing over here with me on the grief side said, thanks, I would have been dead. 
and it was like, oh gosh, like now it's getting heated. Um, and then the next um, person was over here and said, well, if, if the doctor came in and told me that it was between my wife or the baby, I would choose my wife selfishly because I, I want my wife, you know, and not that I don't love the kid as much, but I wouldn't want to choose or make that decision. And if I had to, I'd choose my wife. And the other guy that was standing next to me was like, thanks, you would have killed me. I was like, who am I standing with? <laughs> and so everybody's like looking at me like, what's his story? <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm just standing over here just because uh, I, I believe scripture is clear on what it says about abortion. And they're like, oh, well, what does that say? And I'm like, well, I'll get back to you. Um, but it, it was in that moment where... I was, I was kind of put in my place because, yeah, I, I felt like I made the right decision, but I didn't know why I was really necessarily standing here, except for the fact that, like, well, I know Scripture's clear about life and, and how God views life, um, but I, I didn't have the Scripture to, like, back that up. Um, so in Romans 12, 9, I'm going to close with this. Um, and then we'll break up into small groups and, and hopefully be able to discuss this a little bit more. But um, this is my, my main point that I want to make to you guys tonight. And as we go through this series, um, and as you go through your life, and I'll share more about this when, when, I, when I teach on homosexuality. Um, but it's, it's not necessarily who's right and who's wrong all the time. It's not necessarily... I mean, as... As we're all in this room and we're standing on either one of these sides, a lot of us would say that we believe in the infallible word of God, right? Um, but sometimes we may not know everything that the word of God says. And so that determines some of our decisions, how we behave, how we treat other people. Look at Romans twelve nine, And it says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So there's a lot of things that he's saying here. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Okay, mark that. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, the reason why I say that is because you will get into some discussions with people throughout your lifetime that will fire you up. Um, they might be passions of yours. They might be experiences, just like that whole abortion thing and story that I shared with you guys. But what I want to convey to you the most is um, not necessarily... Trying to debate with someone about being right and wrong. There, there's a time and place for that. Sometimes, and sometimes it's just, it's, it's worthless because you won't get anywhere. Um, but what it, when it comes to 
to ethics, my challenge for you guys would, would be this. I, I wrote this down. So my prayer for you guys tonight is that we'd unpack this series over the next few weeks. You'd be challenged and driven to look for answers in the Bible, to uncover truth, to life's toughest questions. Um, I hope what you get, got to see tonight is not who believes in what or who disagrees with who, but to recognize there are things that are complicated, even those who believe that God's word is infallible. So I, the challenge um, is that you guys will come, and, and like we experienced tonight, you guys will come to a place where sometimes you don't have the answer. And that's okay. It's okay to be put in your place sometimes. Um, I say that was the best time of my life and the most challenging time of my life going through that exercise because it, it made me reevaluate my belief system. It made me really think about what do I believe about abortion? What do I believe scripture says about homosexuality? What If somebody comes up to me and says, do you believe that a homosexual is going to hell? How am I going to respond to that in a loving, compassionate, gentle, gracious way? Um, and I'll close with this story. One of, one of my coworkers at the Apple store, um, we were talking one day and we always get into these. I don't know why. He just he loves spiritual conversations. And so he asked me, Ryan, um, based off of what you believe, do you believe that I'm going to hell? And I got to admit, I was caught in that, that moment of like, what do I say? Because um, really, I, I don't want to offend this guy. I don't want to hurt his feelings. And so I kind of just spoke with the spirit there and it said, well... Um, so I asked him the question, well, what, did, what does scripture say? And he's like, that you have to have a relationship with God. I said, okay, do you have a relationship with God? He said, no. And I said, well, then I think you have your answer. And I, I didn't say it in like a judgmental, arrogant, prideful way. And he's like, okay, thanks for being honest with me. And I think sometimes like it, it's those tough Questions, those tough, discerning like answers where we're like, oh, what do I say? But God wants to use that. But sometimes, you know, like God wants us to shut up too. So it's discerning, like, how do I how do I speak to that person? And so I always say, ask yourself, how can I convey the truth to him through your word, Lord? With grace, love, and compassion so that he doesn't feel like I've attacked him. And I would say like 99% of the time, that conversation goes fairly well. Um, the times that I'm trying to prove someone else wrong, well, the Bible says this. It doesn't really get anywhere because there's no, there's no love in that, right? It's kind of just like beating someone over the head with a truth that they don't know. So as we go into this ethics series, um, let me close in prayer, but let me challenge you guys through these next few weeks. As you go into small groups, as you go home, um, I hope these next three weeks as we go through this stuff challenges you to look to the scriptures. And I'll challenge you one last time with this. I know I've said it like ten times. Um, but instead of running to your friends... Or your family, or your pastor, or me, or Brad, or anybody. Run to this. And, and look to see what this says first. 
and then come ask us if you still can't find an answer. Um, but if that's the best, that's probably the best thing that I can give to you guys is to challenge you to get into that habit. Um, because chances are, when you go off to college, Brad and I won't be there. Some of your friends won't won't be there to answer those questions for you. Um, so yeah, let me pray. Lord, thank you so much just for tonight. Lord, thank you for just the, the topic of ethics. And um, Lord, some of these tough, these tough topics. And Father, I pray that as we go through these next three weeks, um, Lord, just diving into some of these topics. Lord, I pray that you would, would guide us in our words, in our wisdom, in our knowledge. And um, ultimately, Lord, in your word and to you as we look for answers. And, and Father, it's okay that we don't have answers sometimes. That's why we can we can come to you and ask. And Lord, I pray that uh, if there's students in this room that that are asking questions, Lord, I pray that, that you would answer those questions. Lord, whether that's through your word or through their, their quiet time with you or even through a friend. Um, Father, I pray that this, this series would not be taken lightly, but it would be an exciting series um, to grow us in our faith and to ultimately grow us in our knowledge and relationship with you. So Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for this time in Jesus' name.